This week on Inside Motorsport, we look at the Formula One Grand Prix in Melbourne and wrap up Clipsal. Hope you stay with us. First of all, the Clipsal 500 and Jamie Wincup has gone back to back, becoming the most successful driver in the history of the Clipsal 500. He's definitely said he's not doing it easy. Uh, no, we're not doing it easy. Uh, trust me, when, when Will was reeling me in, I couldn't do anything about it. I, I wanted to uh, try to keep as big a gap as possible, and, I, and he uh, he drove up onto me. But uh, lucky my tyres were a little bit better at the end, and uh, I was able to just get that mini gap just to uh, just take the pressure off from the last lap. At the end of the first weekend of the V8 Supercar Championship, it is Jamie Wincup leading the way from Will Davison, the new man at HRT. And third place, it's the Valvoline Cummins driver of Lee Holsworth. The next round of the championship is in Hamilton, but this weekend the Manufacturers' Championship will be held at the Melbourne Formula One Grand Prix as part of the supports. Yeah, g'day, this is Greg Murphy from the Sprint Guest Racing Team and you are listening to the Inside Motorsport across Australia on the Community Radio. And you're so from Bridgestone Motorsport joins us now on Inside Motorsport and Andy, welcome back to Australia as you get set for another big Formula One season. Thank you very much, Greg. What is the critical part of this year, do you think? The economic crisis, or is it the fact that Ross Braun knows how to build a race car? That's an interesting question. I mean, certainly the environment we face at the start of 2009, start of the 2009 uh, Formula One season is very different to that we saw at the start of 2008 for many reasons, the economic climate, of course. Um, I believe it's affecting us uh, sort of... uh, more uh, sort of UK Europe than it is so far over here in Australia but yeah very different uh, economic climate very economic outlook um, we've got a two, couple of races not on the Formula One calendar France is of course dropped off Canadian Grand Prix has dropped off so that's uh, you know two uh, long-standing events we don't have um, and then on top of that we've got a lot of rule changes so the race cars we see lining up at Albert Park uh, next weekend are very different to the race cars we saw lining up um, a year ago, very different. We've got uh, different wings, different aerodynamics, and from my perspective, a uh, big difference, and for the drivers, a big difference, uh, Bridgestone slick tyres as opposed to the groove tyres we've had for the past 11 seasons in F1. So uh, a lot of changes. It's going to be interesting. The slick tyres, how much of a change is that for the races? Uh, slick tyres are a big change. You look at any race series when they want, uh, if you want a car to go fast, the tyres you use are slicks. A slick tyre, no tread pattern on anything like that. And if you look at a car, you know, a common misconception, it's the tread that gives you the grip. It's not. It's the rubber making contact of the road that gives you the grip. Um, Formula One has groove tyres. That was uh, tyres that the regulations put. They said they've got to have, you know, four uh, grooves around the surface of the tread area. And that was just basically to give them less grip, to slow the cornering speed down. Uh, race drivers, you know, they come up through karting and whatever other series they go through, whether it be GP2 or F3 or whatever they use slicks. A slick tyre is strong, it allows you to use a soft rubber, so it gives you great grip. So racers love that because racing drivers always want more grip on their race cars, they want more power from their engine, they want more money in their bank account. And uh, more grid girls waiting for them when they get home. Um, but, it, you know, slick tyre is great, but it's not been a change in isolation for Formula One. Um, there's a lot of changes to the car. We've got um, big front wings now, nice and low, uh, tall and narrow rear wings, and all these changes have been wrought basically to allow or to try and create uh, the opportunity for more overtaking. So uh, we don't know how good that's going to be till we have that first race at Albert Park. All these changes are coming in as the economic crisis hits. Japan, where your home base is for Bridgestone, 
is one of the hardest hit countries. How are Bridgestone feeling about having to make all these changes now? Um, from our perspective, yes, there is a cost implication to changing the tyres, but um, when you consider the whole infrastructure we have, so the tyres we make, the cost of production relative to the cost for shipping them around the world, to having the staff and the infrastructure, it is only a percentage of that. So, yes, there is a cost to changing it, um, but it's not as bad as, you know, if we had to do something radically different. So, um, a slick racing tyre, we know we have a lot of experience. You know, our Firestone brand is on Indy cars, uh, Bridgestone tyres are on GP2 cars, so we understand slick tyres, we know how to make them, uh, and that sort of thing. And Bridgestone as a company, we've always tried to be very efficient. I mean, the priority is obviously safety, always, so we never cut costs in area where safety impl- implies, but, uh, you know, we look at making our whole programme as efficient as possible and we continue to do so the uh, economic climate obviously gives us uh, an added imperative to do that all right let's talk some facts and figures now how much does a bridgestone tire for a formula one car cost if you can say that or can your ballpark at cost of manufacturer two how many of these babies do you have to make for a year and three they couldn't possibly be all the same so how much of a variation do you get from track to track Okay, uh, interesting question. A question we get often quite asked quite a lot. Um, the interesting thing about Formula One, we don't do it as a business model to sell the tyres. So uh, we do we participate in Formula One for brand awareness and all that kind of thing. Historically, last year, for example, um, we spent in the region of 100 million US dollars on our F1 program. Um, this year, we certainly will spend less. Um, historically, last year, we, we made about 60,000 tyres. This year, through both the testing ban during the season, which is a big implication, because if you're not testing, you're not using tyres, um, and also efficiency gains and all that sort of thing, we, we reckon we'll produce in the region of 40,000 tyres. So that, that's a significant change in the actual production of them. Uh, we don't know yet exactly how much that works out to, to spend. So, uh, I mean, you, from the figures I've given you from last year, you can work out, and I think it works if you do the mass it's something like uh, 1600 US dollars but uh, the 100 million US that we used to spend that would cover all aspects like um, track signage which we do as part of the program uh, a very very tiny tiny minute portion of it went on my salary to you know fly me around the world and uh, speak to people like yourself you know it, hopefully it, that's not the bit being cut uh, I, I hope not I haven't checked my um, bank balance recently because it uh, usually is quite a shocking situation but um, you know it, it, it's all something we don't like them you, you can't you know uh, go into your local Bridgestone dealer and buy an F1 tyre to put on your Falcon or Commodore but um, you know you should go and buy a Bridgestone tyre to put, to put on it you just can't buy the F1 tyre so it, it's a difficult one to do that but you know obviously there are changes the whole system but no testing during the year that's a big implication for everyone you know the f1 teams don't have uh, they have, are getting rid of test teams or doing that uh bridgestone we have never really had too much of a separate test team in terms of our engineering staff we basically would go along to a race and then on along to a test so we'd work you know we've been one of the hardest working squads in formula one it does mean for our guys they get a bit more uh, civil time off and go and see their friends and family so it's yeah definitely changes previously and i don't know if it still remains where you have a super slick option which you can throw on the car at various times will that stay with the now fully slick tires 
and you can't run a white line through the groove anymore, so how do you identify it if you're going to do it? It was very good you noticed that, you know, when we tried to uh, do the white line on the tread, there was, uh, first there was no uh, sort of groove to allow the line to be straight, so it was all over the place, and also it wore out after about two laps, so uh, we can't use that system. Um, what we're actually doing is we, we still have the rule in Formula One where you've got to use two compounds, um, so for the whole season we produce four compounds of tyre, uh, we call them hard, medium, soft and super soft. In each race we bring two uh, and we've, we've mixed it up a bit, we've made it a bit more difficult. The FIA have said, you know, this is getting too easy for these drivers, they get it too easy, they get paid a lot of money, uh, we can pay more for their licence but we need them to work harder too. And um, we've made, made a bigger difference between the two compounds, so basically you've got one tyre uh, that is softer, one that's harder, but not just that, we've got different temperature working zones. So one tyre that you go out, it's nice and quickly, right up to speed another tyre takes a bit of time to warm up but it give, delivers very consistent performance that's the objective of course there's very many variables like the track surface the temperature all these things we can't predict exactly um, but between the tyres we, we've got a basically a green band uh, on the side well we haven't gone for white wall tyres like we're not racing cars from the 1930s uh, but a green sort of side wall just up on the edge on the shoulder both sides of the tyre um, so you can tell what it is and that's actually we're doing that with the green uh, you may remember from the Japanese Grand Prix we had green lines uh, but the greens to show support for the FIA's Make Cars Green campaign. Always looking for an angle Andy it's a pleasure to see you back out here in Australia again and uh, I know one thing you're backing the winner will be on Bridgestones. Uh, it's a great thing about being the only tyre supplier in Formula One we always win unfortunately we always finish last but uh, you can't have it all thank you Craig. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.